Well, good morning, Center Church. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. It's good to see you. It's good to have you if you're tuning in or watching online. Uh, I love coming down here. I just want to say that. I love coming down. I love spending time with you. I also love just even what John said about your partnership here as a local church uh, with a lot of hurting people in the community. And uh, he said this statement. He said, you know, so that they can go out and get the most expensive latte, like these single moms that, that you guys are helping. And he said, I, I want to help them get the most expensive latte. And I'm sitting there going, I wonder how much that costs. So I Googled it. I don't know about you. I Googled it. I looked it up. 83.75 is how much the most expensive latte is. The record was broken last week. Is that insane or what? 99 extra shots goes into a latte to make it $83.75. So I just thought that was funny. I thought it was kind of unique. Uh, but it kind of opens up what I wanted to talk to you about today uh, is, do you know life is like an entire game of trades? Do you realize that? Like, like that man uh, in Florida said, I'm willing to trade $83.75 to get this latte. Because in his mind, the latte was worth more than the dollars that he had. Uh, how many of you have seen that, that challenge where they take a paperclip, like the one I have right here, where they take a paperclip and they try to trade up to eventually get something insane, like a boat or a car or a house? Have you, have you heard of this game before? Uh, this game, like you watch it or you watch the videos of it and you go, there's no way that works. There's no way that's true. Uh, but I had actually one of the most fun on-the-job trainings, which, I mean, it's a pretty short list of fun on-the-job trainings that I've ever had. Uh, but I had this on-the-job training in which they took us all, they broke us up into teams of three, uh, and they said, here's a paperclip. Your job is to go make as many trades as you need to, uh, but whoever comes back with the most valuable trade wins the game. I went, what, what value does this add to our employment? Nothing. It was just fun. That's what they did. So they handed us all a paperclip. We went out. We were in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and we literally went out and just trade, 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 trade. So what our team ended up trading, we traded a paperclip for like an old pair of sunglasses. We traded the sunglasses for like a really fancy pen, and then we traded a fancy pen for a $5 Starbucks gift card. So we felt pretty good. We took a paperclip, which is not worth $5, and turned it into $5. We went back. We were feeling confident. Uh, all the other teams came in. And so granted, it, this is a small Christian organization. We're living uh, just for three weeks in like a small Christian uh, college dorm setting. Okay, So imagine that. We're only there for a short amount of time. It's not ours. It's not a hotel, et cetera. So one of the teams comes back, and they're carrying this gigantic box like a big cardboard box. We're like, what? Like, what did, what did they do? What did they do? There's no way they beat a $5 Starbucks gift card. Like, this can translate. And then sure enough, we got closer. They got a cat. <laughs> they literally traded up for a cat, like a live cat. They were so excited. They're like, look at this thing. Isn't this awesome? And I went, I promise you this paperclip was more valuable than the cat. I promise you that much. And you know what's funny is all of our bosses agreed. They were not happy. They went, you have a new job. Get rid of the cat. That's your new job. I just thought it was funny. I mean, it, it opens up this idea. Life is a game of trades. Life is a game of trades. We, we constantly are trading one thing for another, one thing for another. We, tra we trade time for a paycheck. We, we, we trade like work for maybe retirement in the future. Uh, sometimes we trade spouses, if you just look at our culture. Sometimes we trade uh, friendships. Sometimes we trade relationships. Sometimes we trade houses. Sometimes we trade cars. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter what it is. Our life is built on the idea of making trades. And I just think it's so interesting that we do that because oftentimes the way our society works, we, we don't really give it much more thought than that. It's just kind of how we live in. We, we trade one thing for the next, one thing for the next, and here's all of our goal. It's to trade up. It's never to trade down. 
It's never to lose value in a trade. It's always to trade up. I want something better than what I'm currently experiencing. I want better than I currently have. I want better than I currently know. I want better than I currently feel. I want better than what I currently have or what I've been given. We constantly want to trade up. And so the series we're in right now, it's called The Weary World Rejoices. And here's what happens. There's a problem that exists in the world. God speaks through his prophet Isaiah, and he says this. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. It says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. There's a problem that exists in our world that all of us know. We're all aware of it. We all feel it. We all experience it. It's things like death. It's things like brokenness. It's things like divorce and poverty and debt. There's things that just kind of rock our worlds. And so what we tend to do as people, it's not all that brilliant. We try to trade the bad stuff that we experience in life for something better. In every sphere, in every context, in every relationship, we try to trade the stuff that we don't like, the stuff that's uncomfortable, the stuff that's painful, the stuff that's destructive. We try to trade that for something better. I want to ask you this question. Is there anything about you personally? Is there anything about your character? Is there anything about your personality Is there anything about about you as a person, maybe your past, maybe decisions you've made that you wish I could trade right now? I want to give you some examples. Maybe you wish you could trade anger, this thing that's, that's kind of stuck with you for a long time. Maybe you wish you could trade depression. Maybe you wish you could trade your debt or your debt level. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a tattered past. Maybe it's a broken relationship. Maybe it's your body. Maybe you're sick. What's so interesting is all of us are aware of the problems that exist in our world, and we look to try and trade our problems, our brokenness, our pain for something that gets us out of it. And so what, what Isaiah says here, what God says through Isaiah is, I see it, I know it, I feel it, I'm with you, I see the brokenness, I see your pain, and I'm going to do something about it. But here's the struggle, and here's our problem. Many times God doesn't do it the way we want, when we want it. Right? We read this passage that says, you know, I'm going to free the captives, and I'm going to mend and repair the brokenhearted, I'm going to move, I'm going to change, I'm going to do something that's going to be a gift to you. And many of us sit here and we go, when's that happening? When's that happening? Because I'm still here, or I've still been here in this situation for years or decades or maybe for my entire life. So here's our problem. If we don't get what we want, what do we do? We take matters into our own hands. We grab what we want to get rid of. We grab what doesn't have a lot of value, and we try to trade it. I had a car uh, when I was in seminary, and it wasn't like an awesome car. Um, it was like, I, I call it just a, it was just a grandma car. I mean, to me, when you're like 18, it's like, this is not what I envisioned as my first car. Very, very old. Everything was blue leather on the inside. I went, oh, disappointment. I'm going to college with this thing. So we would pile people inside my car. And it, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Especially like a lot of guys in here, you go, I just wasn't a fan of that car just at all. It, it wasn't a great like girlfriend attracting type of car. You know what I mean? And so I, I had this car. I drove it for years. It was 
was dirt cheap. That's what sold me on it. It was dirt cheap, low miles, loved it. Well, there was flooding that happened not too long ago in Detroit a few years back, and so I actually drove, and all I remember was I was in a place I didn't know, and my headlights went underwater for a second. And it turns out that's not good. It's not a boat, you know? It's, it's a car. It's meant to stay above water, not in water. So water went into the engine. It totaled the engine. Insurance gave me a check, and they said, sorry, but go get a new car. I, I, they didn't give me a big check. <laughs> give me, they, they didn't look at this car and go, wow, overwhelming value. Uh, they looked and went, yep, you're getting what it's worth. And I went, it's worth more than what you're paying me. So I had to take the, the, the dollars that they gave me, and I finally had an opportunity to trade up. You know what I'm talking about? I finally had an opportunity. I finally had an excuse. I've told you this story before. I went and I found a a VW Passat. It was a 2006. It was actually like a really sleek looking car. It had black leather seats this time, a nice radio. It looked cool. It was a cool car. I should not have bought the car. Do you want to know how I know that? I took it for a test drive. I took it for a test drive, and as I'm pulling into the driveway of the guy that I bought it from, who was in Flint, by the way, in Flint, by the way, as we were pulling in, the, something in the car makes the worst screeching noise that I've ever heard. I mean, and, and I just look at the guy, and he goes, I, I swear it's never done that before. And I went, I believe you. I shouldn't have believed him. But here's the deal. I I want you to catch this. I made the trade because what the car could do for me was a deeper level than kind of just replace my old car. There was something that I was trying to trade up for through a new car, through something that was faster, nicer, cooler. It it made me feel better. It made me feel important. made me feel successful. It made me feel powerful. Like, I'm driving a cool car now. I traded something that actually wasn't a very good trade because it could do something for me deeper on the inside. Do you know what I'm talking about? All throughout our society, all throughout our world, people do this in marriages. They do this in jobs. They do this with their sexuality. They do this with, with kids. I mean, you name it. We're constantly going, oh, I just, I, I want something better, so I'm going to sacrifice. I, I know I probably shouldn't make this deal. Things aren't great right now. I know we probably shouldn't leave. I know I probably shouldn't find a family that's different than mine, leave my family, leave my job. Leave. I, I know I probably shouldn't do this, but I see this thing that can fix what's broken in me. Many of us just make bad trades. And if it's not us, many of us know people who have made bad trades. Here's what's funny. Adam and Eve in the Bible, if we go all the way back to Genesis, they did the exact same thing. God created the world. He created Adam and Eve. He created everything was perfect. They were in the garden, and God said, don't eat from this tree. Don't. The serpent came, and he tempted them, and the temptation wasn't the fruit. I want you to hear this. The temptation was not the fruit. The temptation for me wasn't the car. The temptation for you maybe isn't whatever it is you have your eyes on right now. Maybe a promotion, maybe retirement, maybe a car, maybe a house, whatever. The temptation was not the thing. The temptation was what it did on the inside of Adam and Eve. What the serpent said to them is, don't you want to be like God? Don't you want to be like him? And all of a sudden, the fruit became a means to what they were trying to fix or solve or undo or trade up for that was much deeper inside their souls. 
and they made a bad trade. They made a really bad trade. And it wreaked havoc. And it brought in sin and brokenness and pain and separation and ultimately death came as a result. And it left them stranded just like my car did, which eight months into buying this brand new car, I found myself on the side of the road with a blown engine. Isn't it funny how even sometimes it's just a short amount of time later you go, wow, that was a horrible trade. That was a horrible deal. Here I am stranded, broken, in a worse place than when I had originally begun. That's what was true of Adam and Eve. And because of Adam and Eve and their decision, it has impacted all of us. All of us. Because we have all made the exact same trade that they have. God says, I want to invite you to live life in a certain way, but now it's so deeply ingrained in our nature. There's a rejection of what God has given us and a desire to be greater, to be more, and to be like God in a thousand different ways. So you look at Adam and Eve and you look at our world and you say, well, what is God going to do about it? Because if it says in Isaiah 61 that, that God is going to do something, what is he going to do? How is he going to do it? How is, how is it going to play out? Let's read it together. Isaiah 61, the second part of verse 2, it says this. To comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Catch, catch the traits here that God is, is saying he's going to make. The oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. He says they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. It's not on the screen, but if you read down even just a little bit further, this is verse 7. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion, and instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance, and so you will inherit a double portion in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. The trade that God says he would make is he said, I'll play the trade-up game with you, but I'll be, I'll be the one that sacrifices I'll actually make you the benefactor. That all of these things, all these broken areas of our lives, maybe feelings of insecurity, maybe feelings of doubt, maybe depression, maybe addiction, maybe broken bodies, broken relationships, broken marriages. What God says is, I, I can actually take all of those things, and I'm willing to trade that, the worst part of your life. Remember that first question I asked you, is there anything you'd trade about you? What God says is, I'll take that. And I'll give you something you're looking for but can't find. That I'll do it. I will play the game and I will make the ultimate trade with you. What a deal. What a deal. If this is what God promises, how come so many of us don't take the deal? I don't know. Maybe it's easier to stay in charge. Maybe it's easier to maintain control. Maybe it's easier to, to keep a secret. Maybe it's easier to stuff feelings that we don't like about ourselves. You know, there's something that's really funny about our relationship with God that God says, bring me your worst. And many of us don't. It's funny, I, I even, I, I passed somebody on my way here, they were all, they were all suited up, uh, they were in their car, they were in a really nice suit, you could tell the whole family was in the van, and I just went, I've never worn a suit to a Sunday morning in my life, 
But, but there's something really interesting about that. I think it's indicative of our culture. What we try to do is we try to bring our best to God. We really do. We, we try to come to him when our life is good, when we're feeling good, when sin is, is pretty taken care of or it's pretty tame. We, we try to bring him our absolute best. And we go, look, God, aren't, aren't, I, more, aren't I more valuable now? And, and the thing that he's asking us for is, you don't have to bring that. Bring me your worst. Bring me the pain, bring me the shame, bring me the brokenness, bring me the thing that you just can't shake, you can't rid of, get rid of, bring me the addiction, bring me everything. Bring me everything because that is so valuable to him because of what he'll trade for it. Check this out. This is Romans chapter 5, verse 18. It says, consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, this is talking about Adam and Eve, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. Now it's talking about Jesus. Paul is saying, check out the great trade that is happening here. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more. <laughs> Catch this. God says, the more real you're willing to be with me, the more grace you're going to experience. The more honest you're going to be with me, the more of a response you're going to feel from me. As sin goes up, grace goes up. God's saying, would you please just bring me who you really are so that I can bless you with who I really am? Is it possible many of us haven't experienced the full breadth of who God is because we've held back when it comes to trading with him? That's certainly been true in my life. A constant desire to perform, a constant desire to do, a constant to desire to behave, a constant to just bring my best for God, and all he's asked is just, no, 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 just, just bring it all to me so I can trade you, so you can have what you can only have through me. This desire that you have to chase it and get what you're looking for in every other area of your life except me, if you will just come to me, I'll make the trade right now. I'll make it right now. That's God's invitation for us on the table today. The one question I had just as I was putting this together is, is I went, why would God make that trade? Why? Why would God purposefully make a trade in which he becomes the loser? You know, it's funny, the more I sat with this, it, it, this is the reason God chooses to lose now so that he still wins in the end. But so do we. God says, here's what I get out of the trade. I get you. I don't get the you that's dolled up. I don't get you with makeup on. I don't get you that's just perfect and put together. I get the real you, and that is the you that I am just madly in love with. That's what I get out of the deal. And that's all he wants. Do you realize that? He doesn't want performance from you. He just wants your heart. The broken, battered, wounded, disappointed, depressed, addicted, burdened heart. That's what he wants from you. So that he can replace it with him. 
What a treat. Wrote this down here. The value of our lives is not found in the life that we've created. It's found, or, but in the life that was sacrificed on our behalf. It's found in Jesus. We're constantly looking to trade up, trade up, trade up, trade up, trade up, so that our lives might be more valuable. And what God says is that doesn't change your value at all. You know, what changes the value of your life is if you know me. I just want to close with a simple invitation for all of you here in the building and watching online today. Uh, the invitation is this. Would you just bring your real self to the Lord today? That's all. A lot of you have sacrificed a ton for this building. I'm so excited for you. I told John this morning, I can't wait until you guys are in this, this more permanent space. You've sacrificed time, you've, you've sacrificed energy, you've sacrificed ideas, you've sacrificed financially, you, you've sacrificed all of these things for something more valuable. Would you do that same thing for people who don't know Jesus this Christmas season? Because an empty building has zero value. The hearts who are full of the Lord, who are full of the Holy Spirit, who have an understanding that God of all creation, of all of the universe, made the ultimate trade for them and they realize it. You have the most powerful, valuable message that could ever be shared, ever be given. And we are reminded of it year after year after year. And it's the Christmas story that God saw the world in its brokenness. He saw the world in its shame. He saw the world in its disarray. He saw the world full of cancer and death. And he says, I'm willing to trade that for what's most important to me. And he gave us his son. Would you share that with somebody in the next two weeks? Somebody who's lost, somebody who's hurting, somebody who's broken, somebody who believes that all they have in this life is the brokenness and have yet to hear of the trade that God made for them. Father, we just come before you today. We're just grateful for what you're doing in this place, grateful for what you're doing in this church, grateful for what you're doing in the hearts of these people. And Lord, we just pray that you would bring to our minds right now somebody who doesn't know you. That's, that's what you've called us to do, Father. Matthew 28, you said, go into the world and make disciples of all nations and baptizing them and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. And then you give us this promise and you say, surely I will be with you to the end of the age. Father, what it, maybe it's fear that comes up that we're worried about what people might think of us or, or we're worried about what they might say. Father, there's such a hurting world that we exist in right now and maybe this Christmas might be the most fruitful harvest that we have ever experienced personally in the life of your church. Father, I just pray that you would bring people to mind. I pray that you would give opportunities to share who you are, not in, in a super well put together, well articulated, perfect presentation of the gospel, uh, the burden that many of us carry. Father, I pray that, that what we would share about your, the person of Jesus might come from our experience of him. That it's no longer about performing, it's no longer about bringing our best, but bringing our worst. The message that you said, that's what I want from you so that I can trade you 
for something of extraordinary and exquisite value, and that is a relationship with him. We love you, Lord. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said together, amen.